60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network, this is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Another edition of the Tennessee Power Hour has arrived. It was a rough week for the Titans by any metric possible, and we are going to sift through the aftermath of the wreckage of the firing of John Robinson mixed with a horrific second-half performance in Nashville against the Jacksonville Jags. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton is here. We're also going to talk some Tennessee Vols later in the show. Recruiting is heating up right now. Transfer portal is on fire. A lot to get into, including the news of the week with Mike Leach. Remember the time in 2017 for about four hours late at night because of West Coast time where everyone thought Mike Leach was going to be the head coach of the Tennessee Vols. We will remember that and talk about what that may have looked like now with the passing of one of the all-time greats, Mike Leach. Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. Hutton, we got to start with the Titans, though, and we're going to spend a lot of time on this, not just this team, but this franchise for the first 40, 45 minutes of, of the show this week. It was a long week of speculation, a lot of distraction, and you can chalk it up to coincidence and continue to blame John Robinson for absolutely everything with this team and say, well, that's confirmation that this move should have happened because of what happened this week and all that. Or you can acknowledge the fact that they fired someone in unprecedented fashion in the middle of a season and the very next game, they played maybe their worst game ever under Mike Vrabel. There's a lot to get into with this collapse against Jacksonville. Yes, and and Chad, it's... It's the way it went down. You you know my mantra. It's not if you lose, it's how you lose. And the Titans lost to the Jaguars after Derrick Henry ran for 96 yards in the first quarter. That That's the most yardage he's had in the first quarter of his career. Not of the season. Not of the last two or three years. Of his career. And within the next two quarters, with a minute to go in the third, Nissan Stadium and Titans fans emptied out onto the streets of Nashville. That's how quickly it happened. And yes, I mean, they started fine. They had another great start. They had a great plan. Turnovers certainly played a massive key in how this game turned out. But if we really sit back and analyze the firing of Robinson on Tuesday and all of the distraction and speculation that goes against everything that is about the St. Thomas Sports Park and everything that goes inside that building. You can't tell me that did not play a factor with a deer-in-the-headlights look by the best players, not just the role players, the best players on this Titans roster, especially in that third quarter. That was a – it was a tap-out moment in the third quarter by this team, not to Philadelphia, not to Buffalo, not to Kansas City to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is it, it, it was a it was a very untitans like week and that was a very unmike Vrabel like performance from his team overall. And yes, I think the entire week factored in to how that game played out as the snowball effect happened. Well, and let's get into that that untitans like week and untitans like performance because the titans like performance in a loss would be Really hard-nosed, good, fundamentally sound defense, giving your team a chance, mixed with not a lot of production on the outside at receiver, passing game looking discombobulated, and trying to run Derrick Henry up against the brick wall and losing something like 20-17. to 17. That would have been a Titans-like loss yep. in this game. But instead, Hutton, just to illustrate the level of collapse that is now stretched over into the defense in this Jacksonville game, for a back-to-back week, second straight week, the Titans' defense has allowed the opposing quarterback to be the NFL Offensive Player of the Week. Announced earlier this week, Trevor Lawrence is the Offensive Player of the Week in the NFL. The week before, Jalen Hurts was the Offensive Player of the Week against that Titans' defense. That is a troubling trend for this Titans team now that they've seemingly lost a lot of their identity on defense. Yes, and and that's the that's the flip side of what has 
carried this team for the optimism or the the b- believing in what they're doing despite them not looking all that great defense defense this was a a it was the top scoring defense in the NFL for a 9 week stretch this year and it has turned into an uh, an injury riddled group that does not have that that grit anymore any longer or or at least or at least they don't have it currently and if they don't have it on that side of the football chad this this is a team without identity the offense doesn't have it it's got to be the run game it's got to be the offensive line we're we're going to dive into that today too but Defense has always been a staple. It's been something you can count on. It has been the Mike Vrabel stamp of approval. The Shane Bowen uh, discussion is no more because the defense has stepped up and has gone to a level of a top 10 group in the league. They're far from it right now. And it's gone from a, a team that lacks firepower on offense and the inability to score more than 20 points to now a defense that isn't getting stops when the best player, the, the player, the guy who has picked them up so many times and has carried this team in Derrick Henry, when he fumbled, the Titans' defense normally in situations like that, at worst, they only allow three, at worst. And instead, they Jacksonville j- drove down, got seven, and, and then it led to the third quarter fold of the of the entire Titans roster, it, it's surprising, and it leads to a, a stretch run, which I'm sure you're also going to ask me about for Mike Vrabel. That I think is a very interesting four four games now, because I think this turns into the the most difficult stretch of his coaching career to this point here in Tennessee. No doubt about it, and we'll definitely get into that and dive into it. And again, we're we're talking about Jalen Hurts the week before the guy right now who's the front runner to win NFL MVP. That's one thing. It's another thing to give up offensive player of the week in the NFL to Trevor Lawrence, a guy in your division that you just gave his banner performance to, uh, and it came on your home field. Those are two very different things and troubling for the Titans. One area where you're not going to be troubled is when you work with Two Rivers Ford, one of our proud sponsors of this. We're proud to talk about Two Rivers Ford as they've partnered with us on the Tennessee Power Hour, and in-stock inventory is back at Two Rivers Ford, truckloads of vehicles they've been waiting for all year have finally made it onto the lot. F-150s, Explorers, Edges, Escapes, both Hutton and I own Ford Explorers. Two Rivers yep. Ford has them in all uh, every color, every trim level, every available option. Don't forget Two Rivers Ford sells all non-specialty new Fords below MSRP, so you're always going to get a great price. And when it comes to financing, Two Rivers is offering great rates this month starting at just 2.9%. And I like to mention that when you do business with Two Rivers Ford, you're doing business with a local dealer that's been around since 1983 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Great people. You'll be in great hands when you deal with them. They're going to make the process easy. Go to online at tworiversford.com or give them a call at 800-900-1000. You can always go see their non-commissioned sales team in Mount Juliet as well. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Hutton, this Titans offense has been driven for a long time by one Derrick Henry, and there were very different performances in this game, first half to second half with Derrick Henry against the Jags. What happened? I it, It's very difficult to, to explain how he goes from 8.6 yards per carry in the first quarter in a touchdown, and then we don't see him again at, at the rest of the game. I mean, he had a handful of yards in the second quarter, but I don't. I, it just—it's the seventh time in his career he's rushed for at least a hundred yards in the first half, and the turnovers play a factor with it. And I know he—he he had a fumble, and the, the second one is a is a downing call that I just don't understand. But this this is just a uh, a rushing game that is not consistent enough for the Titans to win with their style of play. He leads the league. Derrick Henry does this year with 800 yards in the first half. He has just 398 yards in second halves this season. And here's what's wild about that. In 2019 and 2020, he had over 2,000 second half yards. 
second most by any running back was 1,381. Again, in the second half in 2019 and 2020, he had 700 more yards in the third and fourth quarters than the second best running back in that category. He missed last season, so I'm leaving that out because he missed the second half of last season. But suddenly, he's a first half back. And I don't understand how that's possible, given the fact that this is a team that is known for grinding, smash mouth, punch you in the mouth. And if you want to go toe-to-toe, so be it. They'll match you in the trenches. And if you want to be a finesse team, they will choke you out in the third and fourth quarters. And instead, they're the ones getting choked out and tapping out like a UFC fighter. It's troubling, and it, it's coming at the, the the wrong time of the year. Well said. Turnovers and injuries are two words you don't want to hear associated with your team, but those are two words that are all too prevalent with this Titans team coming off of this week. We'll start there when we come back. It's the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick. From the honky tonks to rocky top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get Get you some some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. From Nashville to Knoxville, Ball's news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. We're back on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly, 45.5% alcohol by volume. We love talking about the whole Nelson product, Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, whatever they're selling, the bourbon I love, I'm buying with Charlie and Andy Nelson. It was a weird weather day at Nissan Stadium on Sunday. Maybe you were outside, and maybe that Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, the slow sipping spirit of it, helped get you through that day and that performance. But Hutton, whenever I think about sipping on some Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, I start thinking about authentic Nashville-style barbecue, and we've got you covered on that front as well. Edley's Barbecue, they are great for holiday parties because you can grab and go with all of the sides, the delicious sides, and all of the options at Edley's Barbecue. Their meat smoked low and slow, made from scratch side dishes. You asked, they've listened, they've got brisket all day, and they use the highest quality meats and smoke their meats in-house daily. And they're across the state with several locations. 
and now five locations right here in Middle Tennessee, Chattanooga, and across the great state of Tennessee. Again, great for catering, but also just great for just a family experience. And that's what they want. They want a neighborhood feel. They are a tribute to all things Southern. And Edley's Barbecue is authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. The Newmans would love to see you. Order at edleysbbq.com. I'm hungry now. Um, I'm, I'm both hungry and thirsty after hearing that. That does not surprise me. I had a lot of different feelings uh, watching the Titans turnovers on, uh, on, on Sunday. And that was really one of the big storylines of the game, especially that Derrick Henry fumble, where I really thought at that point, you know, the Titans, it was 14-13. I really thought we're in control of the game, the way it was going, the way they were driving the ball. Looked like they were going to go up eight points before the half. Instead, that fumble turns into a Jacksonville touchdown right before the half, and it was a different game from that point on. Uh, but a big key in this is not just the turnovers, the Titans' inability to stop Jacksonville after the turnovers. Yeah, and so the mental and physical edge of the Tennessee Titans evaporate in the second and third quarter. The opening kickoff of the second half called back, and at that point in the second half, as it starts, because Jacksonville just took the lead before halftime, the pride was challenged within that Titans locker room. And they cratered on that drive after the kickoff return was called back. So you take points off the board, and then they go. Uh, Jacksonville goes on that 12-play drive that ends in seven anyway. Yardage, 400, 423 to 364. Second and third quarter domination by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They scored at one point on five straight possessions. But the turnovers led to 20 total points. And... From week three to Green Bay, this was an elite scoring defense. Even against Cincinnati, it was good. Not great, but good. Now it's a bad defense. And Jacksonville showed us how to go about doing that. You have to make some big plays, Chad. I mean, the the, the catch in this game after the Henry fumble, where they go down and get that touchdown, um, that, that was an amazing toe tap. Through by Zay Jones. Zay Jones, yeah. They, uh, it, it should have been a, it should have been an interception by Roger McCreary. Yeah, I think on the play, it kind of went right through his hands and into Zay Jones' hands. But if if, if you have the, the the ability to do it, and we've seen some other offenses do it, I mean, the Titans' offense isn't going to go toe to toe and match that. And see, that's the difference in this team to what we've seen from Vrabel teams in years past. Well, is it easy just to chalk this up on defense? I'm saying, and just say, yeah. well, it's the injuries. Some. It's all about the injuries, and if they were even remotely healthy, and if Jeffrey Simmons wasn't hobbled by the ankle, and if all of this was going on, and uh, oh, you've got Harold Landry also, is it easy just to pin that excuse on the injuries and say, this is a mulligan-type performance and season from the Titans moving forward because they are so banged up? Well, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is playing through the bum ankle. Danico Autry is not playing next to him. He remains hurt. At the next level, you've got David Long, who's injured. You've got other players out, uh, Fulton and others who have been dropping out. Um, this team is not good enough for the next man up mantra any longer. And in fact, uh, Amy Adams Strunk has said the players that would fill in for those guys are awful. They're not good enough. The talent level isn't there. And if Jeffrey Simmons, if Kevin Byard, if David Long's injured – and not able to play. If Danico Autry's not in the lineup, this is a defense that has a next man up mentality, but they don't have the superstar quality players that you can count on week in and week out on on the routine. And and I think that's playing certainly a factor in everything. But the the identity starts in the trenches. That's the other issue here is the pass rush isn't affecting the passing game. And that ends up leading to the big yardage. That ends up leading to the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, back-to-back weeks. And, oh, by the way, here comes Justin Herbert. And when you make the decision, if you're Amy Adams-Strunk, to part ways with John Robinson midseason the way she did, which, if this season continued down its path, I'm not fully objecting to making a move after the season. If the Titans are one and done in the playoffs, or, God forbid – with the lead they had, missed the playoffs, which is now all of a sudden a possibility, a small one, but still a possibility, then you make the move with John Robinson. But doing this in season, 
And bringing that spotlight onto yourself as an organization, which Hutton, you've hit on this, is very un-Titans-like also. That's kind of a theme of today's Tennessee Power Hour. A lot of un-Titans-like things with this organization. I asked John McClain about this earlier this week, but it felt like a Bud Adams move. It felt like Bud Adams, the Bud Adams side of Amy Adams-Trump sort of coming out with this move midseason, almost like it was an angry, emotional-type response to what she was seeing, especially in Philadelphia after trading away A.J. Brown. Even if it wasn't, that's the appearance, right? That's the narrative that's going to be out there with Amy Adams-Strong. But now the narrative has shifted to, okay, you got rid of a guy who never had a losing season as a GM midseason. Mike Vrabel's a very good coach. This is Mike Vrabel's team. And Hutton, this all coincides with what could be a very tough stretch upcoming for Mike Vrabel. I think it's the toughest stretch because, I mean, when you consider where he started, he started his first game as head coach was the longest game in NFL history against the Miami Dolphins. And in that game, he loses one of his, his top offensive player in Delaney Walker uh, for the season and uh, suffered some injuries. Mariota, of course, is is the quarterback at the time. And that was the stretch just to get going that year. That was the toughest, I, I believe, until now. And, and it's tough. It, it, he has to navigate carefully how to keep this team focused on just winning a game, it, that, that, which has always been their mantra, you know, just focused on this week. And last week, they weren't focused on the game. They can say whatever they want to, but the players and Vrabel were asked more about John Robinson than the team owner or the team president or anyone else within the organization. I really felt like last week, last week missed a Steve Underwood, someone that could take the questions and answer on behalf of ownership. If ownership doesn't want to field the barrage of questions that are certainly all fair for the moment, um, they didn't have the voice to stand up and answer the the questions from the organization and talk about where they're headed and why the move was made. They waited 72 hours to do that, and it was a very short and brief conversation with the Associated Press and Teresa Walker. Point being, last week was about – it was a move for the future. This is a team that deals in, in the here and now. And last week, while a move that was made for the future, it was a week that felt like the past instead of the present regime. And and that to me is the biggest takeaway. And and now I think they go into a week, Chad, where they, they can certainly um, focus on the game more than they have to focus on general manager and off the field things. But here's the biggest issue. They're now facing a Chargers offense that's getting Mike Williams back for it was his second game. Keenan Allen's been back now for about a month. And this is a Titans defense that's allowed more than 21 points going into last week only two times, Buffalo and Philly. And now they've done it three times. And the last two weeks, they've allowed 35 and 36 points. And they've allowed 881 total yards. They've allowed their second and third highest yardage totals of the season. And the number one was Buffalo. And they still seem to be really good against the run in both of these games. They shut down Philly in the run. They shut down ETN, just 127 total yards in those two games. But the pass defense, 754 yards, 386 to Philly, 368 to Jacksonville. And again, this is a Chargers offense coming up that will shred them, shred them if the Titans don't show up and play their style. Now it's more about that, but... It's concerning because it's now Vrabel that has to get things back in order and just keep this team focused on, okay, we're going through a stretch where we're not very good. We're going to go to the postseason. How do we make sure we get back to playing our best possible football for a year that we're already media, ownership, organizationally, preparing for the future more than we are the present? It's reality check time for the Titans. We'll discuss when we come back on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick. From Knoxville to Nashville. 
Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withro. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at Edley's bbq.com This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back talking more Titans on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick. Alongside Jonathan Hutton, I'm Chad Withrow. Chutton coming at you in full yes. effect over this holiday season. And a lot of Titans fans hoping for better tidings this holiday season than what they saw at Nissan Stadium this past week. Oh, by the way, not a great crowd at Nissan Stadium on Sunday for this game and a crowd that went to the exits very early and sent the Titans to the locker room with a cascade of boos onto the Nissan Stadium field at halftime. And Hutton, there's a lot of talk about fans and crowd and all that. Um, I was getting into this with some people on Twitter. I don't blame Titans fans. No. I don't blame them for selling away these tickets. If anyone really wanted to buy them, I don't think the market for, you know, uh, secondary market for purchasing these tickets was that high. But if they wanted to try to give them away or not go or leave early or boo at halftime, this is one where I get it. I, I really feel like the message from the front office was, hey, this roster's bad, so we got to fire the GM now and not later, so this team really isn't going anywhere. That's not going to inspire a lot of optimism with your fan base. So I've got no big issue with that. And you know, a week ago, Mike Vrabel said they were at, what was it, a, 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 crossroads. a crossroads, right? Um, now they're in the crosshairs. Yes, I, and I, I, I love how you point it that way, but also it's a reality check. You know, if we're looking at this from an optimistic standpoint and saying here's what the Titans could do, it's time now to evaluate what's the reality of this Titans team, Hutton, and we're going to see that over these next four games. Okay, so prior to Robinson's firing, they, were, they, didn't, they weren't playing like a good football team. We just went through the prior segment discussing Brable's toughest stretch because he's got to get this team back focused because it was about can we get healthy enough to get back to where we were last season, which was hosting a playoff game, playing well enough to advance, but our quarterback threw three picks. We feel better about it. We can get Burks back, whatever, whatever you want to point to there. That was the message. That was the that was the path, and that was the that was the goal. And now it includes keeping this team focused on this season instead of ownership's focus on the offseason. 
And just like the team knew they were at a crossroads, they're not the players aren't dumb. The team also knows ownership told everyone today and it, uh, and and this week and last week told everyone Yes, we acknowledge that. The general manager's out of here because of it. But here's the reality check question that ownership, Amy Adams Strunk, by making this move now, brings up and allows us to discuss in December and not when the players are headed to vacation time or whatever it might be. Because, again, I don't think we we thought they were advancing in the postseason, but now we can discuss it before they even have the opportunity to. Here's the reality check, Chad. If Washington scores instead of throwing that interception to David Long in the end zone, if Indianapolis scores at the end, this is a five-win Titans team, and they're staring at a top-10 pick. Now, those two teams didn't score. I'm not trying to rewrite history, but I think the acknowledgement is this team is closer to that version of an NFL roster and an NFL offseason than they are closer to a game or two better than seven wins. Uh, they're, they're, they're not close to Kansas City, even though it was a three-point game in overtime. I think that's what they're acknowledging in the front office and from team ownership. This is an indication that the team isn't good and next year could be even worse. And ownership acknowledged that last week. It's an organization that is extremely introverted. It prides itself on not pointing fingers. And within two weeks, they've added distraction, speculation, and off-season discussion about a complete overhaul instead of how they're discussing how how do we win a football game? How do we win enough to just clinch the division? And think about, I mean, we've gone from, oh, they're in the playoffs. Oh, they, you know, go ahead and clinch. And then maybe they rest Jeffrey Simmons because no matter what happens now, they're going to host a playoff game. It doesn't matter. You know, you can rest Simmons, you can get healthy. Again, it's more like last year. And instead, we are discussing whether or not yeah, we're, 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 we're saying, hey, they're going to overhaul the roster. And Amy Adams Trunk is trying to say, we're missing out on a window of opportunity, but we've got to rebuild to another window. And oh, by the way, we're not going to suck whenever we open the new stadium. We're going to be in the middle of the next championship opportunity. That can come sooner than that. But what they didn't want was Robinson rebuilding it. Yeah, and just looking at the heart of this team and, and what's the the root of some of the problems, offensive line is is a big issue. Oh. And I want to talk about the offensive line as a whole, but first, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. Taylor Lewan went on with Kay Adams on her show on, on FanDuel TV and really left open the possibility that he, not only is he done with the Titans, but that he may be done playing football. And, and everything's kind of up in the air for his future coming off this this latest surgery and injury. Um, what did you make of Taylor Lewan's comments? I, I want to start with that and discuss what our big takeaway from that. Mine was, this is a guy who's leaning towards not just not playing for the Titans, but not playing football and starting a career in media sooner rather than later. I, I'm not surprised by it because he, I mean, he was making comments last offseason that he thought he was going to be on the chopping block. So he was contemplating where he would go in that situation. And then they brought him back and for good reason, they had no other option. Uh, the, the offensive line issues, Chad got John Robinson fired. But one thing, even if Robinson's back, Lawan knows he's not back. He's had two now two ACL injuries. So, and, and over a span of three years. So I, I don't, and he was, he was uncomfortable playing on his knee last year. So I, I don't, I don't foresee him back. And it would be under the, an extreme circumstance where it's on the cheap. He's not – if if Lawan's playing, he doesn't need a cheap contract. I, 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 I wouldn't play if I'm Lawan in that. He's set for life with the contract he was given, the boss hog deal. And uh, more power to him. He's great in media. He's healthier in media. And quite frankly, I, I don't think he wants to move. I think he enjoys Nashville. I don't think he wants to go on somewhere and play for a year. And honestly, he knows no other team's going to sign him to a big contract because of the injury history. And I'm not that surprised about how open and honest he was about it. Now, minus Taylor Lewan mm-hmm. and this offensive line that we're currently seeing, Hutton Dennis Daly is one of the worst Titans starters I, I can ever remember. Uh, he can't do anything 
right now on this Titans offensive line, and he's not the only one not getting the job done. So here's I, – I don't understand the reluctance to play someone else. Is Dylan Radins good? No. Is Dylan Radins Dennis Daly? No. He's not that bad either. Dennis Daly is he's he's in the Wills VTech category now where you can't he is <laughs> it's unbelievable that the coaching staff, this coaching staff continues to roll him out there. We saw uh, Dylan Radens start against San Francisco on Thursday night football last year. And I honestly thought going into this past Sunday's game, they were going to pull a Dylan Radens moment like they did a year ago where the guy's apparently so mentally fragile, he can't know he's starting until game day morning. They waited until Thursday morning to tell him he was starting. I thought they were going to do that this past week because, again, Dennis Daly is awful. Awful. And they continue to roll him out there. Is the depth good? No. But I don't know why they're not trying other things because Dennis Daly continues to hurt this team. And for and for a, a, a Vrabel coach team where it's all about the 11 and not just any individual, I don't understand how when one player is this bad, it's insulting to the other 10 that he continues to trot out there and do this week after week. It's on the coaching staff now. And it, it's it's troubling because I, yeah. I, would, I would move things around I, and I don't make get it, it work. I'm I'm with you in that I I don't understand uh, what the thought process is there not to just try something else that might not be as disastrous as playing Dennis Daly at tackle uh, I I don't they, get it Hey and it's not for the run game either they run they have a lot of success with Henry on the right side of the line than they do the left side Yep Hunting about a minute left Titans get the Chargers this Sunday in L A What do you see with this Chargers team It's going to be another tough one for the Titans They thought. Thought they may have a win at home against the Jags this week. It gets tougher on the road against the LA. It's seven and six against seven and six. And this is a Chargers team that's playing better football and they are playing for their playoff lives. They're not winning their division. Kansas City will. Right now they're on the bubble. They are the eight seed as we go into week 15. They're trailing the Patriots, who are also in the playoffs, as the third AFC East team. But here's Los Angeles with a chance to go back-to-back against Miami and Tennessee, two quality AFC wins, and that can boost them ahead. And this is a Titans team that is reeling. They're not playing well. There's not a confidence level on any category, any phase of football. And Justin Herbert is among the best young quarterbacks in the league. This is a massive challenge. And again, it's a part of a stretch run for Vrabel where um, I think we all have confidence in him. But he's the back's against the wall a bit. They, they've got to they've got to find a win and get back to that more than talking about whatever it else is troubling this team. It's time for some balls talk. When we come back, bowl preparation, recruiting. We are a week away from the early signing day. Maybe even a little basketball talk with the basketballs. When we come back, Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick. From the hockey tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. 
So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends. Because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Talking Tennessee, Titans and Vols every week for the Tennessee Power Hour. We are powered by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. We're going to get to the Tennessee Vols to close out the show. It is Tennessee and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Great bowl game matchup among the best of the entire bowl season, which kicks off just around the corner. Chad, as we kick off our discussion on the Tennessee Volunteers, we need to let everyone know about our great friends with Regal Realty. Regal Realty Group, I'm so excited to have Hunter Briley and Richard Van Clive and their entire team on board with Regal Realty. Uh, it's real simple with these guys. I've known Richard and Hunter for a long time, and uh, they want them and their entire team of agents. They want to work with good people. They are good people. They want good people in their network. You never know when good things can happen when that happens. In fact, world's coming together from the Tennessee Power Hour. This past Sunday, my guy Richard wanted to go see Pentatonics at Bridgestone Arena. So I got with my guys at Two Rivers Ford who have a suite at Bridgestone Arena. It was wide open. So Richard and his wife and some other families all went and saw Pentatonics to get in the holiday spirit. This is worlds coming together. This is networks coming together. And that's what Regal Realty is all about. And I love that combination of Tennessee Power Hour sponsors coming together. Regal Realty Group, they're going to help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. Hit them up at RegalRG.com. Again, RegalRG.com. Chad, on a scale of 1 to 10, where is your Christmas spirit level? My Christmas spirit level is probably at about a 7 right wow. now. Wow. I want it to get closer to an 8 or 9. Wow, uh, I watched that's Spirited high. over the weekend, the okay. Apple TV, Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell take on A Christmas Carol. It's a musical, which may surprise some if you didn't know that going in. It's very well done. I, I was entertained. It's about two hours and 14 minutes, so a little bit long for a movie like that. But um, it's a it's a good modern-day interpretation of the Dickens classic with Dickens characters put in modern-day situations that's done in a clever way. So I highly recommend that. That got me a little bit more in the Christmas spirit. So I'll continue watching Home Alone. I'm going to watch yes. uh, Christmas Vacation at some point. We watched Elf with the girls over the weekend for the first time. They enjoyed it. That's good. So I- I'm going to keep watching some of these Christmas movies, Hutton, in hopes to get that Christmas spirit meter up to a 9 or 10. See, that's the that's the volume level by having uh, young children that you know, are ready for Santa. Um, I'm at, this won't surprise you. I'm at about a 2.5. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the 2.5 comes from uh, you and I getting coffee the other day. And I had a coffee that was based on um, the Muppet Christmas Carol. You mentioned this, uh, yeah. Marley and Marley, and then it had uh, a little hot chocolate there. That's that's my Christmas spirit. I'm, I will this, get there. I'm, this I'm, I'm, this I'm, hot chocolate, by the way, was a work of art uh, from the barista yep. who 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 made this. The made a Muppet face, I think, in the, the top cinnamon. of the the drink that was. I mean, it would rival anything that you would go see in a museum. This was the Picasso of hot chocolates that you consumed. It was delicious. And yes, I'm ready for home alone, home alone too. And uh, may, yeah, maybe a little, 
Christmas vacation that's around the corner. I'm really ready for bowl season that's about to kick off. And among the best ones of the matchups, even though we're getting a great glimpse at the future more than the, more than we are the present, um, Chad, Tennessee Clemson is going to be a blast. And I'm, I'm curious your take on Tennessee's bowl prep and the opt-outs for this team and this this game right now, both Clemson and Tennessee, and how it factors into the matchup. Because we saw this last year. It factored into Tennessee-Purdue. But this is a different feel with the opt-outs this year. Yeah, it didn't really help Tennessee, though. David Bell, no. um, uh, Carl Aftis opted out. I mean, two of the, be- the yeah. best offensive, best defensive player for Purdue. And Purdue now, defensively, they didn't do anything to stop Tennessee, but Tennessee could not stop Purdue in that bowl game. Alante Taylor opting out a year ago was a big factor in that game because Tennessee did not have a defensive back that could slow down Purdue's receivers. In this game so far, Cedric Tillman has officially opted out. No surprise there. He's battled the ankle injury since early in the season. Um, I believe the Akron game was where he was originally yes. injured. And he, he's been kind of off and on coming back and playing at times. Um, so that was that's no big surprise. He's going to get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, Darnell Wright is going to be in the Senior Bowl, but is yet to announce whether or not he's going to play in the bowl game. So know that he's not going to use that six-year of eligibility to come back to Tennessee, but still undecided on whether or not he's going to play in the bowl. Jalen Hyatt's another decision to monitor. On the Clemson side, Miles Murphy, their fine defensive lineman, is opting into the NFL draft and will not play in this game. That's the one opt-out right now. So officially, one opt-out on both sides. Cedric Tillman for Tennessee, Miles Murphy for Clemson. We'll continue to watch other announcements. But Hutton, in terms of bowl prep, this is really all about Joe Milton. This is Joe Milton with a month to show how hard he's willing to work, how much he's willing to prep. We know that was no issue at all with Hendon Hooker. He is going to have to study this Clemson defense, which is one of the best in the country. Yeah, And they're going to have to come up with a plan for him to be successful because this is, I've, I've described it as the soft opening of the 2023 season. Does this matter to determine the success or failure of Tennessee's season? I would say this, it'll certainly help to beat Clemson in the Orange Bowl at the end and get to 11 wins and go 11-2. and two. I don't know that if, if they lose, I'm going to come back and say, oh, you know, everything is crumbling. But if Joe Milton looks like the Joe Milton of the first two games a year ago, and doesn't show signs of improvement in this game, I think that it's easy to jump to the conclusion that, hey, Tennessee might need to hit that transfer portal for some competition for a starting quarterback because you don't want to start the true freshman, Nico Iamaleava, to start next year. So all eyes will be on. Bowl prep to me is all about Joe Milton from Tennessee's standpoint, getting him ready, making sure he's getting himself ready to put on a show in this Josh Heupel offense against a really good Clemson defense. Chad, let's let's discuss Mike Leach and his passing this week at the age of 61. Such uh, sad news, but uh, the outpouring of stories and reaction um, to Coach Leach has been unprecedented, really, for college football. And he was certainly so unique as a college football coach uh, with just how eclectic and interesting every conversation was because it was more about everything off the field and what he was passionate about with different topics than it was offense. He was passionate about offense and he certainly transformed some offensive systems and and teams across the country. Uh, And I'm even thinking about high school teams, not even college teams, but um, there is a great story. That's not, (laughs) uh, not the best for, for Tennessee fans that immediately comes to mind with Mike Leach. Yeah, with Mike Leach, look, we've talked about it a lot on our show, Outkick 360, and everyone's paid tribute to him. So since we're on the Tennessee Power Hour, I'll keep it specific to a Tennessee story with Mike Leach. I remember sitting in this office I'm currently recording this podcast in right now in 2017 in December when news started to break that John Curry, Tennessee's athletic director, was in Los Angeles to meet with Mike Leach at the time Washington State's head coach. Um, I remember getting very excited about the possibilities of Mike Leach in Knoxville coaching Tennessee. Keep this in mind. Mike Leach was never given the keys to a historically good program or historically relevant program like a Tennessee. This would have been a major opportunity for Mike Leach to prove that his system, that his style could win and even win bigger than he did at places like Texas Tech and at the time, Washington State. This is pre 
Mississippi State. Now it falls apart. We all know the story now. John Curry basically got called to the principal's office. He had to fly back to Knoxville because he was offering Leach the job without any approval from the Board of Trust at Tennessee. Flies back to meet with Donde Plowman, gets fired. Philip Fulmer gets installed. Mike Leach goes away. They hire Jeremy Pruitt. He turns out to be a disaster after three years. He gets fired, which leads Tennessee eventually to the right guy in Danny White and Josh Heupel. And now the rest is history. And Tennessee has one of the best, if if not the best currently, athletic department in America with both football and basketball ranked in the top 10, doing a great job at the, at the sports that make the most money. But I just want to go back to that moment and that memory of being so excited about the quotes we could have heard from Mike Leach in oh. Tennessee, about the offense, about everything and what that would have looked like. Now, he coached Washington State that next season, and then the following year ends up going to – or maybe – actually, it was two years later. 2020 was his first year at Mississippi State. So two more years at Washington State. Eventually gets the job at Mississippi State. But Hutton, it would I'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk a little bit about those few hours overnight because of the West Coast time difference where I'm feverishly updating Twitter to see if there's any Mike Leach info that's coming across any message board or anyone on Twitter about Mike Leach to Tennessee. And I was very excited about that prospect back in December of 2017. I was too, considering all the other options and the fact that Leach it sounded like was willing to do it. Chad, uh, another fun episode of the Tennessee Power Hour. We'll be back next week. We'll be recapping the Titans-Chargers matchup. We will be previewing the Christmas Eve edition of Titans football as the Texans are next up for Week 16. And we'll take a look at the transfer portal for Tennessee. We will also be discussing recruiting, and we'll look ahead to Tennessee and Clemson. Real quick, 15 seconds. Do you think the Titans win in L.A.? I do not. I think the Titans lose in L.A. I think the Titans have one win left on their schedule, and that's Houston at home. I believe the Titans will fall as well, 31-17. Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big thanks to all of our sponsors, starting with Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, Regal Realty Group, Two Rivers Ford, and Edley's Barbecue. The Tennessee Power Hour, you can find us each and every week at OutKick.com.